The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So, the recruitment embargo that we have, the staff shortages across our health service, how are they affecting patient care? Last week, the HSC urged the public not to attend emergency departments where possible. We've had a report in the journal today about delays for mammograms and ultrasounds at Dublin hospitals as they struggle to recruit staff. One of the most shocking ones came at a recent Directors Health Committee meeting where the TD Verona Murphy told of a case where a teenage girl who has anorexia was left in a general hospital for 30 days where she lost 7 kilos in weight because they wouldn't refer her to a specialist CAMS clinic. Uh, we've also had Sinn Féin's Imelda Munster telling the committee there was only one part-time speech and language therapist for love despite a waiting list of, wait for this, 700 children. Okay, we have two guests for this. Dr Trish Byrne, you're a consultant child and adolescent psychiatrist and chair of the Faculty of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry at the College of Psychiatrists. What is this doing for the children of the country not having the people there to provide the services to which you'd expect them to be entitled? Thank you so much, Matt, for having me on today. Um, I think, sadly, particularly from uh, CAM's perspective, um, the impact on the children and families across Ireland has been highlighted repeatedly over recent years. Um, We have deficits in staffing throughout our services, not just in CAMS, but also in in primary care, leading to increasing difficulties in referrals to CAMS, which is a service for young people with moderate to severe mental health disorders. But those teams are operating at approximately two-thirds of the staffing required to meet their needs. And there are areas of specific shortage. This has a huge impact on on children and families, and which has been highlighted. It results in an oversubscribed service, which results in increased delays and, and challenges in meeting the needs of all the young people referred. It results in we have a huge deficit in specialist um, multidisciplinary staff members, which can lead to a variability in what options and treatments are available for young people once they get into CAMS. So depending on your area might impact about what access to psychological therapies or family therapy you may have. Um, So it really does have a really big impact and it leads to staff operating to try and meet the needs of the patients and families going uh, who are attending them, really doing their very level best, but really high levels of burnout, which is then further exacerbating the problem with recruitment and retention into the service. Can I ask, Trish, is the money there to recruit people or is the recruitment embargo stopping it? Or even if the money was there, are there the people who will take up the positions? I suppose there's a, there's a number of factors to this. Historically, um, CAMS has been very significantly under-resourced, which has been highlighted. And not all the teams um, and staffing that were envisioned in documents such as a Vision for Change back in 2006 and sharing the vision have been funded or allocated resources so teams have been unable to, to advertise or recruit or build up on those teams. So that is one aspect. Our second aspect is there are specific areas of particular challenge uh, for recruitment. So even when some uh, 
staffing has been funded and recruited, it's been difficult to, to recruit staff into that. I suppose one area there would be in particularly uh, would be uh, nursing staff, which is part of a broader phenomenon of struggling to get nursing staff recruited. And this has led to closure of some uh, hospital beds and the CAMS inpatient units that despite their very best efforts, they have not been able to recruit the staff even when the places are there. I suppose then the third thing that we are dealing with at the moment is following on the very difficult uh, experience from families um, and staff working in CAMS, which have been highlighted in recent reports. We had really hoped that we, this would allow us to start to develop up services to get full multidisciplinary teams. A number of services have been trying to, to develop and build up their teams. And however, the current recruitment embargo means that people that we had hoped to recruit and planned to recruit are unable to be recruited. So you're getting increased gaps on teams. And then if you have people, for example, going on maternity leave or retiring, we cannot fill those posts. And although there have been derogations provided for nursing and medical staff, in CAMS in particular, the multidisciplinary team is essential. We need all our colleagues. We need colleagues with social work who have skills in family therapy and family supports. We need our colleagues in psychology who have the specialist skills in assessment and psychological therapy. We need our colleagues in occupational therapy to help young people achieve meaningful goals in their life's function and education. And we can't recruit any of those staff at this time. OK, I want to bring so, on Dr Chris Luke as well, former consultant in emergency medicine at Cork University Hospital, able to look in from the outside now. But something that Trish said there struck me, Chris, that over the years we've had lots of arguments about are there enough beds available? But from what I'm hearing there, you can have lots of beds available, but you don't actually have the staff to allow the patient be in the bed. Uh, that's exactly right, uh, Matt. I mean, th there was a time uh, at the turn of the century uh, in the late 90s and the early noughties when people like myself were, were, were worrying loudly about the shortage of beds because uh, you remember that in the late 80s and early 90s for, for economic reasons, uh, w about a third of the beds of the hospital sector in Ireland were slashed. Uh, and we've never caught up with that. And that's we're, we're talking about uh, a, a, short, you know, a shortfall of about a third of the beds uh, in the early noughties and a population that has risen from about 3 million to 5.2 million uh, of late. But in the late noughties, uh, people like, again like myself were finding it increasingly difficult to recruit staff to, um, to the emergency departments in, in Cork and, and all around the country. And uh, I have to say that I, I was saying, you know, about 15 years ago that, you know, he can worry about the beds, but in fact the real concern now is staffing. And I think that remains the case, that, that the number one deficiency in the, in the health system is staff, because, I mean, to be fair, a lot of stuff can be done as, a, as an outpatient or in, in ambulatory terms. Um, but, but the bottom line is, you know, you need the pairs of hands, you need the eyes, the ears, uh, and the experience to, to deliver care of, of any sort uh, everywhere. How can this be solved? Are we producing enough nurses and doctors through our education system to fill all the gaps? Well, in theory we are, but I mean, we, we have now, unfortunately, a, a vicious circle where they, I suppose, in a sense, 
uh, the whole debate about terms and conditions has got to the stage where uh, people have what I call pre-traumatic stress disorder, which is basically where they anticipate a life of utter misery. These are the graduates now. Uh, and they're so sensitized to the stories of, of, of difficulty that, in fact, they, they, they're completely risk-averse and they head off to Australia or to uh, other, other foreign parts. Uh, and, and as a result of that, we don't have uh, graduates in medicine and nursing and radiography and so on coming into us when they're, uh, when they're very young and, and full of uh, youthful energy and so forth, which in itself is, is an issue because uh, I think Trish will agree that it, it's so important for older doctors and nurses and professionals to have younger people around them in terms of you know, that, that enthusiasm which fires, fires everybody up. Uh, and so the problem is now we've got a culture uh, where there's a, a kind of a routine exodus of our healthcare professionals from this island d- down under and elsewhere, uh, and we have to tackle that, uh, and we have to try and keep as many of them as possible uh, in our system uh, before they head off. Now, you know, I'll, 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 I'll concede that in my youth as a, as, a, as a young medic that I went abroad after three or four years of, of training in Ireland. And I think that, and that was the, the standard, uh, that was the routine for almost all graduates in Ireland in nursing and, and medicine and so forth. And I'd love to see a return towards that where our graduates do a year or two and then head off to the routine training overseas and bringing that expertise and education back. And in addition, one of the things I've been lobbying for for a long, long time is what I call a staff care czar. I mean, we, we saw... Uh, the wonderful work that Professor Tom Keane did for the, 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 the reconfiguration of cancer services in Ireland about 10 years ago when he sort of reconfigured, uh, you, know, not, you know, he convinced the people, the powers that be and the people that not every hospital could be a cancer care specialist care centre uh, and reconfigured down to about eight centres. And our, our outcome, our, our results for cancer care in this country are immensely better now, 10 years on. And I'd love to see a similar figure, uh, in a charismatic clinician with experience and recruitment and, and training take over the, 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 the welfare of all our healthcare professionals, starting with the medics, and ensuring that a network of, of, of people in all the hospitals in Ireland look after their employees. I mean, my young, my, my daughter is a medic, and, and I, I'm shocked at the stories uh, of the filthy bed linen and the lack of hot food at night and working all hours and all the rest of it, that are exactly the same as affected us uh, 40 years ago. I mean, it's actually shocking uh, that these basic necessities and, and considerations for, for our young uh, graduates are almost as bad as them, but they're worse in some respects because now there are the, the, the team has disintegrated. So there's okay. no longer so many teams. I have to leave it there. Dr. Chris Luke and Dr. Trish Byrne. Thank you. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-